Hi, y'all. I am so excited to interview Amanda Price today. Amanda is the owner and lead planner and designer of Amanda Price Events. And we were laughing because before I actually started recording this podcast, my right hand's name is Amanda and my left hand team member, her last name is Bryce. So it's funny. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're a real person. Um, and so it was just, it's so funny because when we saw her name come across from a mutual connection that we had, um, Rachel Sharon, who's been on the podcast before, who her podcast is awesome. And I'm like, oh my gosh, is this like a real person? So it's it's going to be really fun today to talk with her. We're going to be talking about the transition of between going from corporate and how to transition into really being a business owner. It's two completely different mindsets. And the more people that I talk to in the creative industry, it seems like we've all kind of done that. We've all kind of been there. At least that's been the theme lately. And so it's like, really, how do you choose? Like, how do you choose what to sacrifice, how to spend your time? What do you have time to do? It's like, you think you're going to be this badass business owner that's just going to be able to do whatever you want and have so much time. And then what I learned is like, oh shit, like I am working way more than I ever thought. And it's like, you've got to put boundaries in place. And so that's what we're going to talk about. And then also the interesting thing is Amanda has done a reality show on Bravo. And so if you watch Bravo, you might know who Amanda Price is. So we're going to talk a little bit about national television and what that can mean for you and your brand. And is it good? Is it bad? Is it annoying? Is it fun? Like what is all of those behind the scenes moments that you just don't know what you don't know until you actually talk to someone who's done it. So I'm excited to bring Amanda on. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to share and to talk about my background and let our listeners know just how to do that transition and all that good stuff. All the nitty gritty stuff. Well, before you ever even jumped into corporate and then jumped into entrepreneurship, what was your upbringing? How did you grow up? Like, how did you get interested in this whole like planning thing? Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. What's up, GSD leaders? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Business Unveiled, where we share expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals. You know we're going to take you behind the scenes of our experiences, share with you what we've learned from them, and how it's made us stronger. Because no one said it's easy owning a business, right? But it's a lot more fun when you've got a strong support team around you. And that's exactly what we do at GSD Creative. We're right there by your side. And I'm so excited that you've chosen this podcast to take the first step in growing a productive, profitable, and successful, wildly successful business within the hospitality and creative industry. Today's podcast is being brought to you by Timeline Genius. Timeline Genius has custom-made templates for wedding planners, event planners. It has 
all of the vendor contact information in there. And basically, you don't have to do the same thing over and over. And it's fully customizable. It's tailored timelines for each and every client. You can share with the client, which can cut your emails down by hundreds a day. I know because I tracked it and I did it. And it can save you printing. You can export it to a PDF, put it in Dropbox, There's multiple pricing tiers, or you can get unlimited timelines. Give it a try, bit.ly slash AP Timeline Genius. So I have a very interesting background, to say the least. Um, I grew up really thinking that I was meant to be a doctor, meant to be a lawyer, meant to be something of the sort, right? So I actually went to school. I have a biology degree, a chemistry and psychology minor, really took my college years uh, very seriously because I thought that was the path that I was destined to have. The planner in me um, as a child really thought that that was what I wanted to do. And so I took my college years to focus on that. Um, And when I got out, I realized that uh, about a year out, I realized that while I was planning to retake the MCATs and um, try to get into med school for the second time, um, I, you know, just all these things were happening in the universe that told me this is not right. So I put that to the side and decided that I was going to... um, in the meantime, work for a dance competition. And so I am a competitive dancer. Well, was not so much anymore at uh, 32, <laughs> but, um, but growing up uh, from the age of three till I was about 18, um, dancing was my life. So I competitively danced throughout the U.S., um, you know, and when I graduated and was trying to figure out what I was going to do, since I wasn't going to go to med school, I was, you know, had no idea or the planner in me at that point was really nervous. And I was just trying to figure out wh- what is my next step. And so I landed in working at a, re- at a dance competition for an owner who is local to New Orleans. Uh, there were friends of mine that I knew through the dance community. And they were just looking for someone to be an office manager, to uh, put on events and run the events throughout the U.S. And for me, it was just, it was a no-brainer. I had no idea at the time that the planning portion was what I really was so drawn to. I just thought that because of my background as a dancer, I was like, oh, well, I know everything about this. Why would I not go do this? This is easy. This is fun. This is a great thing to take my mind off of, <laughs> of not going to med school totally. and spending all that time studying. Um, and so, you know, that background um, from the dancing is kind of what threw me into there. And from there, of course, I planned my best friend's wedding and realized <laughs> through that process as the maid of honor that I was not actually just doing maid of honor duties that I was actually planning. Um, and I had no idea. I was like maybe 23 or so at the time. I just thought I was being a good maid of honor. Um, and really, that's kind of where the, the start of it spewed, right, uh, from, from all of that. And then you were just like, I'm a natural. I mean, that's, yeah, our actually are so similar. So <laughs> I love that. crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, you know, you never really, you really don't know. I mean, I think always as a kid, you know, now that I can look back and reflect, you know, I've always been, um, I've always been a planner. I've always been a doer. I've always been someone who brings people together, who is really interested in the background of how things work and how they 
come to fruition, right? Like building all the pieces, uh, putting the puzzle together. And so, you know, that's, that's how I look at planning overall. And so I've always been interested, you know, I've loved puzzles as a kid. I, I was always the one who was even at the dance competitions or the dance recitals, like, you know, I wanted to be on the stage, but I wanted to be there that morning to watch, um, you know, the tech crew put everything together on stage. I, you know, I wanted to know all of it. I wanted to know how the music was working and, you know, how, how was that happening and everything from, from start to finish. So really, you know, now I know <laughs> all these years later that this yeah. is ingrained. Um, but at the time, you know, I, I just thought, Hey, this is fun. I love, you know, I love dancing. I love, um, what I love weddings. I love, love, you know, this is just, for me, it was just fun. I mean, it was inherent at no point in time has it ever, I mean, as corny as it sounds at no point in time, has it ever, and does it now feel like work? Right. And that's the so. thing. It's like, when you love what you're doing, it doesn't feel so bad. <laughs> like It, it really is like true. It, it, it sounds so crazy. And just like when I met my husband, I used to tell people, okay, now I believe in love. Um, you know, I, I used to think like, okay, whatever. It's kind of silly. Not, not love is not silly, but you know, the right. like love at first sight and the, when you know, you know, I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, and then I met my husband and I was like, okay, I get it. Just kidding. Yep. <laughs> it's yep. real. Um, and so, you know, it's similar, a similar feeling to this. And so it's why I tell people I'd never say never anymore because every time I do, uh, the world shows me that that is, is the opposite. Um, because really I, I never thought it was possible. I never really thought it, you could wake up every day and not feel like you were working, but yeah. you know, that those Sunday blues, those are not a thing. Um, you know, I, I work sometimes all day on a Saturday and a Sunday when it's my weekends off just to be in the business and, and to kind of, you know, get ahead on whatever it is that I, that I want to do. And, you know, my husband sometimes looks at me, he's like, are you going to stop working? And I'm like, well, but I want to be working. <laughs> I want to do this right now. Okay, I time. Yeah. I'm like, it's not work. It doesn't feel like work. I know, you know, so um, it's, it's a hard thing to explain if, if you don't get to experience it. But, yeah. um, you know, if it brings you joy when you are doing it, it just is not the same feeling as when, you know, you kind of don't have that same exciting feeling in your, in your stomach. Yeah. So really like for you, what was the hardest part? Like going and leaving corporate, like, was there one big thing that happened or were there multiple things that kept just like, stacking up and it's like, this is the icing on the cake. Like I'm going to do my own thing. Like, how did you transition? Like what really was the breaking point for you? So I opened my business in 2016 when I was, uh, working for a construction company. I was planning my own wedding and that was the kind of icing on the cake of like my husband being like, okay, you've done family and friends and cousins and all this stuff for free. It's time for you to make some money. And so I said, okay, you know, let me open up this business. But I always said, and even when I was in that, at that job, because it was a little bit of a red flag for them. Um, but I, I truly meant at the time, I always said I would never go full time. I, I just uh, never, again, never say never. <laughs> You're like, to be clear. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, wait, that's number three. How many more of these am I going to come up with uh, on this call? Um, but so, yeah, so I said, I will never go full time. I, at the time just felt like, I think a lot of it was fear, um, just of the unknown and of knowing whether or not, you know, it's one thing when you're doing it for fun and it's another thing when you expect people to pay you for it. 
And so I, at the time, was still just so uncomfortable and not settled with the idea that what I had gone to school for was not what I was doing. And so I was really just trying to figure out, like, where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to be doing? Um, so I opened the business. And through those years from 2016 till I guess it was 2018, um, the beginning of 2018, things started to get a little rocky at the job that I was at. And by rocky, I just mean the connection that I had to it anymore, I just didn't have. I It was getting really, really tough for me to go into work. It was getting really tough for me to be committed um, to, you know, I, I wasn't loving what I was doing. And that was new for me because everything I had done until then, you know, I mean, I put everything in to what I do at all times. And, and that's, you know, what I was normal and what was what I was used to. And at that point, it started to just feel like it didn't work anymore. Something was wrong. Couldn't put my finger on it. But all these things started to add up. And uh, I actually had a, a bit of a falling out with the owners of the company. Um, and I was trying to work it out and, and figure out how I could stay and figure out how we could make it work. And, you know, I really loved, I love the industry. It's a great industry, the construction industry. And um, I love the people and everything, but we were just, you know, trying to figure out what we could do. And in the meantime, I decided to hire a career coach who ended up being a that how, life coach. How did you do that? That's awesome. Yeah. So, so how did you, did somebody like introduce you to somebody that's like a career coach and, or so did you just seek it out on your own? Both. So as fate has it, um, I was searching and I, cause again, at that point in time, I just felt like, okay, this is not what I'm supposed to do, but with my degree and with all these, all this various background that I have, because I was doing marketing and business development and, you know, some things like that for the construction company. I was like, what am I, like, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, and so I was like, maybe a career coach is the next step. And so I was kind of searching, but I asked my husband the same thing. I said, how do you find this? Like, I mean, I went on Google yeah. and I went on LinkedIn and I was like, okay, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to find it. And I couldn't be posted on Facebook. Like, Hey, can you find me a <laughs> right? coach for all my, you know, uh, work friends to see. So, um, oddly enough, I went to a local networking group on a Wednesday morning for, as a representative of the construction company. And while I was there, I, uh, one of the girls stands up, you know, everyone goes around the table and says their name and what they do. And one of the girls stands up and she says, I'm a career coach and a life coach. I mean, this is like a room of 40 people. She happens to be a guest that day too. So as fate has it, I'm like, oh my God, that she's a, she's a career You're coach. Like, I need, I need I to need talk to her. <laughs> yeah. So um, after, actually after the, you know, lunch and all that or breakfast and all that good stuff, we, I went up to her and I told her and lo and behold, she is well, I guess the easiest way to say it is a family, a family friend. So oh our gosh. moms know each other and um, have known each other for years. And it's just been a long time since we've seen them. And she was one of the daughters. Um, you know, the, the mom had a couple children and one of the children was really close to my cousin and the, and the others were a little bit younger. So we didn't really see them that much. Well, she's one of the others. So then I just had this instant bond with her because I was like, well, I know your family. And so there was a trust there that was inherent um, from that, right? Because this was a pretty, yeah. for me, this was a big deal. I mean, I was spending a lot of money 
in hopes that someone was going to lead me down a good path. Right. Yeah. And, um, so anyway, so all these things were happening. Uh, you know, I met her, I had this falling out. Um, and at the same time, there was about a four or five week period. This was right as the summer was starting in 2018 that I just started getting all of these inquiries. And at this point, again, I was not full time. I was not even thinking about it. Really. I was still like hard pressed against ever going full time. And I was like getting just inquiries left and right. No marketing, no advertising, nothing. They were just coming. And I was just like, okay, it's I got sign. like six in a week or something. And at this point, you know, now, you know, this is you know, typical. But at that point, I mean, it was incredibly atypical at that point. I mean, that was just not a thing for me. And the next week after all this is going on and, and we're doing these exercises and we're finding out that I really need to be someone who's owning my, owning my own business and, you know, all these things that I really want out of life, you know, this is kind of what fits the mold. Okay, great. So if I need to own my business, what is it going to be in? Right. I'm still kind of pushing against the, the full-time planning. And, um, and so all this is happening. I get these uh, inquiries. Mm-hmm. I book some of them. I think I booked like three out of the six or something. The next week I get in a massive fight with the boss that I was closest to at the, oh, no. uh, <laughs> right at the company. And I went home that day and I looked at my husband and I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm done. What's the worst that can happen? I mean, I, you know, when you say, oh, was some, did something happen? You know, it was a lot of little things. And then kind of this like last final thing that was like, listen to the world around you. You know, the same mm-hmm. thing happened when I decided not to reapply for med school the second year. It was kind of like, listen to the world around you. And so that's what I did. I listened to what was going on. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to face the fear. Because that's what it is in my part, you know, in my opinion, the, the most difficult part of that transition, you know, there's tons of little things that are really difficult, but the real difficult part is facing the fear. You know, you have this really great salary, you have this really steady income and benefits and this and that and vacation days and all these things. Um, And you don't have that when you're working for yourself, you have yourself to rely on. So you have to put the fear aside. You have to put the imposter syndrome aside and you just have to say, I'm going to do this. And so my husband was incredibly supportive. I mean, I, you know, without him, there's just no possible way that I, I would be here today doing this. Um, but he said, you know, what's the worst that can happen? You're going to, you can go back to construction. And he was right. You know, the relationships that I had built in that industry that I still have to this day were so wonderful that if in fact it did not pan out to be what it is today, I could have easily said, okay. I'm going to go back to construction or, or something else, you know, but of course money is important and you have to support yourself and, and mm-hmm. feed your family and, and our puppies. And so, um, you know, that was the thought, right? Like if you can't make it financially, what are you going to do? So that's how I jumped in. So that, that's awesome though, because you knew you could do it with all these leads coming in and it's like, good for you for like knowing like this is not going to work. Like I'm not going to continue to stay here and argue and be in a toxic place because it's not healthy. No, I mean, and listen, you know, it, it happens. There's ups and downs to every job that people have, right. Especially in the corporate world, you know, you're fighting um, sometimes rules that just make absolutely no sense that have been in place for eons 
for no reason, right? I mean, and, and here you are and, and there's things that you fight. And, and that for me was, <laughs> was a struggle. You know, I'm always looking to improve processes and procedures just as the nature of who I am. And so, you know, when I was being met with like just trying to push a ball forward and not being able to do that and then also having these kind of like issues just in general with management, it was like, you know, what are your options? Your options are to continue to be miserable, which for right. me did not feel like an option anymore. Um, and, and put the trust in yourself and it's hard, you know, it's hard to put the trust in yourself and say, I can do this. But I was at a point where I was like, you know what, you have trusted the universe before. And so you got to trust it again. And the only person who's telling you that you can't do this right now is you. And so, yeah, if, if I'm going to continue to tell myself I can't do it, well then you know what? I can't do it. But I just, I I wasn't going to accept that at that point. I was not going to accept that that was my path. I was really determined to figure out where I needed to be, who I needed to be, what was going to make me happy. And I was just pushing against something from fear. I was pushing against going full time from fear, from fear that, you know, in a non-regulated industry like weddings, particularly planning, you know, fear that I wasn't good enough, fear that I didn't have the training that I was supposed to have. You know, there is no training or license or anything to be a planner. Nope. <laughs> it doesn't exist, right? Nope. It's we live so, in the gray. <laughs> so in an unregulated market, you know, I, I just felt like I continued to tell myself the lie that I wasn't going to be good enough or I wasn't trained well enough or any of, you know, I come from a background of in the dance world, I mean, that, that is what you do, right? You train, you train, you train, you train. Um, you learn the discipline. You learn the ins and outs of everything you need to be t- successful as a dancer. Same thing with schooling, you know, yep. for being a doctor. Uh, you know, you go to school, you learn, you have to get A's, you have to get a good score in the MCAT, you know, all these things. And so because I didn't have any of that, I kept pushing against the thought that I could actually succeed in doing this without any of that because it was just foreign to me. Yeah. Um, and so I really just had to get over uh, that, that part, you know, and, and say to myself, if it doesn't work, there's always another way to make money. Yeah. You know, there's always another day. There's always another way to figure it out. And, and thankfully, like I said, that support from my husband, Mm -hmm. um, you know, mentally, emotionally, financially, you know, allowed us, we said, okay, we'll give it six months. And in six months, if things aren't, you know, in a trajectory um, where it looks like this is going to work, then we'll reevaluate. And thankfully, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to say luckily because that's the pessimist in me. Thankfully, I think I, did things intentionally to make it work. You know, I, 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 yeah. I put myself in a mindset of this is going to work, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so like, I'm not going to let it yeah. fail. Yeah, exactly. Like there is no way this isn't working because I am not going back to working for someone else. That is not happening. Um, entre- entrepreneurship is for me. So uh, yeah, so I really just, you know, that, that was the toughest part for me though, was that change in mindset of just saying, I'm not going to let the fear get to me anymore. Good. How did you, so I know that you had built like a really strong network around the construction industry. And so how did you, A, tell them like, I'm not doing this anymore. And like, did you have a plan or did it just come out? And then how did you leverage those relationships so that 
they would know like, Hey, I have a new business. How can I support you? Like, what was your plan for all of that? So I think somewhere in deep down inside, I must've known that this was an eventuality for me because from the day that I opened the business, you know, I was very forthright in the fact that I was opening it. And uh, of course I always said, Oh, this won't be full time, but um, I was very forthright in saying it. So people knew that I loved it. People knew that this was ingrained in me. Um, You know, I had people in the industry that I was very close to from different organizations that I was a part of. There's an organization called SMPS, which is a marketing organization that I was really close to a lot of the members in that. And so I had helped some of them with their weddings and events and things like that. And everyone knew that I had run, you know, that I ran the corporate events, you know, the events for both the construction company. And prior to that, I worked for an architecture firm. Um, And so everybody kind of knew New Orleans is a small town, uh, thankfully, and not thankfully, but but everyone kind of knew already that that was my gig, right? That I was in construction. You know, I've always been a person who's very forthright and honest. I I don't hide many things. And so everyone knew that I landed in that field uh, in a, in a, just because, you know, a friend of mine, after I had stopped working for the dance competition, I was like, okay, I really need some benefits. I hadn't met my husband yet. Um, And so I just landed in it doing some admin work and then it grew from there. But really that was, I had no interest. I mean, I used to joke and tell people if you would have asked me five years ago, if I would have been in construction, I would have rolled my eyes and said, absolutely not. No way. And, um, you know, again, (laughs) never say never. Right. Um, but you know, I think because I was so comfortable in the fact that I knew that that was not my calling, I was very open and honest about it. So I had made a lot of connections, um, through, you know, of course I was in the organizations. I would also be like, Hey, I'll sit on the board and I'll do the events. And so I had already, you got involved. (laughs) Uh, yes, I got very very involved and I had already put my name out there as, this is what, you know, I love and this is what I love to do. And yes, I'm in this business, but this is really, you know, this is my strong suit. This is really what my passion is. And so thankfully when I decided, I mean, I think my close friends who were in the industry for that, you know, four or five month time when I was struggling a lot, they really knew what was going on. Uh, So, you know, I think with those relationships with those women, you know, they, were empowering me and they had my back and they were supporting me. And so when I did make the change, you know, they were out there advocating for me. They were out there saying, Hey, if I have a side thing and you need some money in the meantime, come work with me or, you know, come do this. Or if you need help and you need me to run your social for a little while, I'll do that for you for free. Cause you're my friend. And I want you to, you know, I want this to succeed. And That's so awesome. I really just used those relationships, um, to, to help, you know, get to the next level to help that transition. Um, you know, I, I continue, I actually still sit on the board. Um, I had a, right before I left, I got nominated for a two year term as secretary for SMPS for our local chapter. And so I still, yeah, so I still sit on the board. So I'm still pretty deep into that, um, industry on that end. So, which has been great because it allowed me to continue those relationships. Um, I recently did a holiday party for the local architecture, engineering and construction community. And so I just, you know, stay in front of them, stay present to them and keep my name, you know, in that community. Um, but really just, yeah, networking, uh, you know, staying, um, 
staying present with them and, and, and in mind and not saying, okay, I'm not a part of this anymore. So now I'm going somewhere else. You know, that's really how I, I helped use that, that network to transition. It's still all, I mean, a lot of it, like, yes, social media is great, but you know, so many people I talk to, they're like, oh, well, you must be successful because social media, I'm like, social media didn't exist when I started a business, (laughs) but even though it did exist, but in talking with you, I mean, you're a walking poster child for relationships still matter. It's not all about putting things into social media. Like it's a billion percent. But yeah, absolutely it's matter. relationships. Yeah. So at the end of the day, the social media is great and it's a great way, you know, to build a brand, to have a, you know, a good brand face, to have people who aren't connected to you learn who you are, but that's not going to get you, in my opinion, that's not going to yeah. get you, you know, where, where yeah. you need to be. The relationships are what get you there. Absolutely. absolutely. So what, d- during all this transition, like, as entrepreneurs, we all have to make sacrifices. And so like during that whole transition, like how did you decide, like, I'm going to continue to do X and I'm going to continue to splurge on X, but like, how did your life change? Like what were the sacrifices that you made that were so worth it for you to be able to run your own business? I think First and foremost, the the biggest sacrifices are definitely family and friend time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, luckily for me, again, I have an incredibly supportive husband who completely understands and knows that this is a passion of mine and he, you know, understands and supports anything that comes along with it. And my friends have been really wonderful too. Um, But I think that is, I think that's the biggest sacrifice, you know, I mean, just having people understand that you can't do things on the weekends anymore, you know, most of the time, or if you are free on a weekend, you haven't been free on a weekend in the last three weeks. And so you really just want to stay at home. <laughs> do right. Um, right. And so, you know, or the nighttime weekday things that you used to do are now at networking events that you're spending because you really need to get your name out there and, and be present and, um, and meet people in, in this industry and start to form those relationships in this industry. And so, you know, really, I think, of course, there's some financial sacrifices. You know, we love to go out to eat. We do that a little bit less now, um, you know, during the transition. But I think the main thing are just really family and friend time, that really, really quality time that you get to spend, you know, most of it now is on a quick call or, you know, a, sh- a shorter visit and things like that. You know, I have a couple of friends who have had babies during the, the last two years while I've been doing this. And I know that's, that's been tough. Do you, I know, I mean, I'm w- with you. It's like the first 10 years, it's like I, my phone was with me at everything. And my dad would be, be like, put that GD, blah, blah, blah. It's like my family hated my phone. And it's not like they didn't support me. It's like they just didn't really understand the demands of being an entrepreneur because my parents were not entrepreneurs. I mean, but I will say, like, I do have regrets where, you know, when you lose those family members and you can't go back in time to be present 100%. I mean, I, I put the time on my calendar and I make sure that there is some type of balance where, 
I'm going to be able to see family and friends now during busy season. Sometimes I'm like, okay, peace out for two months. Right. <laughs> I'll see you, you know, but at least like they know that. Um, and then the people that don't understand that, like, unfortunately, like I don't have a friendship. I don't have a relationship. And so, you know, people come and go in your life and you just have to learn to be okay with that, which can be hard sometimes. Um, Absolutely. Oh, did you go through any of that? Oh, a, a thousand percent. I mean, thankfully right now I haven't had any um, friends or, or, you know, I, who have, who have gotten to that point yet, but I'm still pretty early on. And I think they still understand it at this point. But like you said, I mean, it's, it's years worth. And I know that's a tough transition for people sometimes because they're just used to whatever they're used to, you know, and yep. maybe they're not used to having to work and they can really put it down. And I struggle with boundaries. I'm not going to say that I, I in any way, shape or form don't. I absolutely All do. women do, I feel like. <laughs> yes, I absolutely do. I sometimes have to tell myself, okay, it is a wedding and it is important, but is it important right this minute or can it wait till tomorrow morning? Exactly. You know, and so, um, you know, part of that is just, like you said, it's inherent in being a, a person who cares. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not that, I mean, listen, I need to care more about myself, right? And put the boundaries in place. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> a few months ago because you had, you know, the flexibility and the time because you had X clients. And so you, you know, you put that into place and never set that boundary. Maybe now is a problem because it's six months later and now you're, you know, at a different stage in your business. And, and that is now an issue. You know what I mean? You just yes. don't, you're, that's what I find every day is that I'm always, every day is always something different. It's like, okay, yep. well, yeah, it worked now, but that, you know, wouldn't have worked for me six months ago and it might not work six months from now. Yep. And that's the toughest part of explaining to clients who are not business owners or entrepreneurs, because I'll have people and a lot of our clients are life cycle clients, meaning it starts with a wedding, but then we end up doing all of their family events. And right. so it's like, well, you did that with my sister or my brother, but or we paid this. And I'm like, well, that was five years ago. <laughs> and, um, you know, things have changed a little bit. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just a constant education. Yes. Thing. Um, education. Yes. So share with us a little bit about how did you did, uh, as, as far as like, your TV experience and, and your experience with Bravo. And, you know, I know that a lot of people think that, oh, if I can be on TV or if I can do this or I can do that, um, like it's everything is going to change for me. And so share your experience with us. Like, how did you get to be on Bravo? And like, did they contact you or was it more through the bride and groom and who they were? And share with us a little bit about like your experience with that couple. So the Bravo couple, I will say a hundred percent came from relationship building. So, you know, one of the things that I think you can tell obviously is that I'm, I'm big into relationships and what those mean, not just for me, but for the people that I work with and for my clients and the, the sole reason why I did get that, that gig was because of relationship building, um, relationship with some vendors who, you know, knew the family members and then, 
you know, we started working together with some of the family members, in which case turned into when she was ready to get married. Uh, you know, she was looking for some some crew and some planners, uh, well, some creative partners, you know, to, to help out. Um, and so, you know, that that really goes to show you, in my opinion, you know, that when you're working alongside people who trust you, who value you, who, you know, feel like you're going to support them, like, like they support you, uh, you know, what can happen. And so with those relationships, um, like I said, you know, we, I kind of, I say fell into it. Um, maybe that's me not giving myself enough credit. You earned it, Uh, girl. (laughs) I earned it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we did, we actually did a, a shoot with, um, Reagan's sister, a styled shoot, uh, a photographer and I, and, um, after that, when she, when Reagan decided to get married, you know, she had asked her sister, Hey, how was that shoot that you did? And she said, Oh, you know, the photographer was great. The planner was great. You should call them. And essentially that is, is how it happened. Um, you know, Reagan, it was Reagan's second marriage. Uh, it was a bit quick, um, in terms of the turnaround of, you know, getting engaged to actually having the wedding. So we ended up really planning most of it in like a two and a half week period. So, um, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So it was, uh, you know, it was, it was definitely, I would say atypical. Right. Um, but you know, that is, that's where it came from, you know, was building those relationships and then putting a good face forward, even in something like a shoot, right? Like it's not a wedding, um, Mm -hmm. and you're doing it with a different emotion behind it. So, but the, the models who, you know, the model was her sister. Yeah. Still felt like she was taken care of, still felt like she, you know, enjoyed her time and, and got as much out of it for her as we did. And so that was really important. And that fostered into a trust with her that then led, um, you know, Reagan to, to allow us to do that, to be a part of it. So how did Bravo end up getting involved? Did they want to capture the wedding? And so Reagan was already on the show and the show was, yeah, the show had already started filming. And essentially what happened was they, um, you know, were uh, in all words said, Hey, you know, if you get married, we'll put it on the show and, you know, in this time frame, right? Like while we're filming. And so she said, okay, yeah, absolutely. Why not? Right. Um, and so that is why, you know, there was a pretty fast turnaround, uh, because they have a set time where they're filming, right. You know, they say we're going to film X amount of months. And so, and then we had, you know, Thanksgiving in there and, uh, you know, Christmas was coming up and all these things. And so we just, you know, we're trying to work around essentially that deadline. Um, but yeah, Bravo, she was already on the show. They were already filming and essentially, it was just good timing for her that this was kind of all, you know, coming together and, and it, and it was really great timing for everybody. I mean, it was a wonderful event. It was, um, you know, a a great thing to be a part of a great experience, certainly an experience that I would not have thought that five months after going full time that I would be doing. (laughs) Right. Right. So how did you handle that? Like, I mean, I, I know like, usually when things air, you know, I mean, 
I've been around people who all kinds of people who are in the public eye, like constantly. And then on a few shows and then, you know, everybody has their own experience with it. Like one guy, he's like, Oh, it's cool for about a week. And then, you know, everybody forgets. And he's like, things just got to go back to normal. But then other people, they really play off of it as a marketing Mm -hmm. ploy and they like ride it and like come up with other opportunities. Like, how did you handle like the national attention and like how did you make sure like that the production crew didn't make you look like some crazy person and because i know i've been there where they try to edit us planners to make us look Mm -hmm. like psycho like how did you deal with all that (laughs) so a couple things i think luckily for me i am not i love bravo and i will watch bravo but i have missed most of the planning wedding shows that they have shown so for me going in, I knew that obviously I needed to, you know, be very cognizant of what I've said, you know, my facial expressions, you know, all those things. Um, but I, I didn't, I don't think I was as nervous as I probably would have been had I really known what Bravo makes planners look like typically. Um, had I gotcha. known that, there is a very high chance I would have not agreed to it. So um, the actual, so when when Reagan uh, came to me, the she had hired a a local design team who is fabulous, who basically said, "Hey, we'll do this, but we won't be on camera." And they, you know, do plenty of um, of celebrity things and things like that, you know, where they, they have the opportunity. And, and to be honest, I'm not really sure why they decided that. I, I never really got into it. Um, for me, I was really excited at the opportunity to work with them. They're fabulous women. Yeah. Uh, they run an amazing business. They're great designers, great people. And so I was just excited about the opportunity to collaborate with them. Um, you know, locally, they're, they're wonderful. And so for me, that was a potential thing that I wouldn't have gotten without this, right? The ability to say, Let's work together. Here's how I work. Here's how you work. Let's form a relationship. I mean, that's not something that typically commonly happens with planners, you know, um, to to be able to do that. So I, um, so I I guess when, when she did come to me for, for me, it was like, you know, I'm in control, right? Mm -hmm. If I can control what I say, how I say it and what my facial expressions are, and I can control everything that is within my control with this wedding, um, I can, you know, I can succeed and I can do what I want to do. And so I think I really took that and tried not to let the nerves get the best of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and it was a project, you know, for me, it was, there's going to be a lot of production cameras. There's going to be a lot of things that we don't think about. There's going to be a lot of things we maybe do one or two times because it's, you know, at the end of the day, it was still a wedding and Bravo was very understanding. Our film crew was great and they were incredibly understanding about the fact that at the end of the day, this was a wedding. Um, you know, they didn't pay for it. They didn't have anything to do with it financially. They were physically just there, but we had to make, you know, concessions for them and we had to plan things around them. You know, we had a lighting plan that got changed in, in the very t- small time frame because they had to bring other lighting in, uh, you know, to properly light the space for film. So, Um, you know, for me, it was like, it it really was a project. It was how can I relate to this film cast or or the film crew and make sure that we get out of it what we get out of it because, you know, Reagan is my client and it's still a wedding at the end of the day, um, but that they get what they need because they're also here to do a job. And so from day one with the film crew, 
Um, I, you know, tried to do as much listening as I could to what they needed. And then, you know, as much open and honesty to them as to what we needed. And I think sometimes, especially with something like that, you know, it can be very easy to say, well, this is a wedding and this is what we do because we're planners and this is how it's going to go. And, you know, where is that going to get us? That's not going to get us anywhere, right? And so for me, it was like, and and this is how I treat all of my relationships, all my uh, partners that I work with, you know, what do you need? What can I do to help you? What can I do to support you? And then let me tell you what I need and let's figure out how we're going to make it work. Because, you know, there's plenty of times where it was not what they wanted um, or not what I wanted, you know, or what the couple wanted, but we made it work. And so I think with that mindset going in and because that was how I treated the entire evening, really, especially for this, I mean, I always do, but I mean, I was really on top of how is this going to work for everybody? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that at the end of the day, they didn't really feel the need to, to shed us in a, in a bad light. You know, I mean, there was the very minimal that, that we gave them. I mean, we did have a, a problem. It was freezing outside unexpectedly. And that's where the rehearsal was. I mean, that's where the ceremony was. And um, it was a Sunday and we couldn't get any heaters. And so oh the God. cellist was like, I'm not playing. And he threw a fit and it was fine. I mean, I understand you're not, I'm not going to ask you to ruin your equipment, but I mean, right. when I tell you he threw a fit in front of the cameras, he threw a fit. And I was <laughs> like, Oh my God, this is going to be on the camera. Like I was like panicking. I mean, as Lord these cameras are zooming in towards me because you know, I mean, we're not, we're not the focus. I mean, Reagan's the focus, right. But all of a sudden I'm the focus and I'm like, Oh my God. So at that point, you know, I'm, I'm really making it a, a conscious effort to do the right thing, say the right thing, be supportive, find a solution, show that that's what we're here to do, right? We're not here to do anything else. We're here to bring something to life and to do it in the best way that we can possibly, possibly do, right, within our control. So I think that at the end of the day, that film crew we, you know, I walked in there, it was about an hour left and, and they said, this is the best wedding we've ever done. Thank you for being oh, so kind. Awesome. Thank you for being so easy to work with. You know, and I just think that is it. I think one of the things I learned in the construction industry is you have to work as a team. You mm-hmm. have to. If you think that things are going to happen at the end of the day, if you don't work as a team, you're wrong. They're not. So I think they just no. felt like I really was on everybody's side. And so they had no reason to try to find any sort of drama with me. Um, and, and believe me, I did a lot of like holding onto a mic so they couldn't hear what I was saying at certain times, like being very cognizant that, <laughs> you know, I need to say this, but you can't hear it. Right. Um, and because I don't want you to take this and make it something that it's not. Yep. And, and they probably still could have done that if they wanted to. I, you know, I do think that I got lucky in a sense, but, um, but I really was very intentional very intentional about, you know, working with them. And yeah. And I, you know, I text one of the the film crews every now and then, like when it came on we were chatting and she's about to do another wedding show somewhere else. And she was like, Oh, I wish you were here. And, you know, and so that's really great. And so I just think that like going in, they just, it wasn't something that they were flagging. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like, let's make sure we look to use this. It was just like, Oh, look, this was beautiful. It was great. And, And then they even cut in like a really nice, um, comment from, from Reagan that was on national TV. I mean, you know, it, it's kind of crazy. It's a little surreal, but, uh, you know, the, the sort of, um, 
quote unquote fame from it, you know, is, is not a thing at all. Um, I mean, of right. course I gained like a ton of new followers the week that it aired and on social media. And um, I did get definitely one client in a direct relation to it, but that's not why I did it. You know, the reason right. why I did it was because I knew that being able to say that I did that and being able to be in that process was going to put me on a level that not everybody gets to experience. Right. So right. somebody is listening and they want or think they want to be on a reality show. Like, do you have any advice, feedback that like is that, that can help them? <laughs> like, um, Yeah. You know, that's, I, I think if you really want to do it, you got to make the relationships and you got to figure out who those relationships should be with. But also I mean, I'll say I'm not having nothing to do against people who want to be on TV. I didn't do it because I really wanted to be on TV. Right. You know, I, I mean, I knew that that was going to be a bonus and it was going to be great, but I, you know, don't want to go jump into a reality show next week. That's definitely not, <laughs> not what I want to do. Um, so if you, if you want to be involved though, I think it's, it's those relationships. It's working with the people who, are going to potentially know the people who are going to be in those shows and who are in those shows and, you know, work that angle uh, because they're not going to find you on social media. That's just, that's right. not going to happen. Right. Um, and so it's, it's knowing the right people, having the relationship with the relationships with the right people, forming that trust with them. I think that's how you go about doing it. But I, I will say, be careful, you know, I mean, understand that they your their fate is in your uh your fate is in their hands essentially right so understand what those repercussions might be and have a path to you know making them work for you whatever they might be so you know that's also something that i'm i'm always very intentional and i try to plan ahead you know what will happen if x happens what will i do if y happens what will i do so, you know, understand that reality is not always reality. I mean, I will say mm-hmm. that they did a great job of this wedding being reality. We did have to do things a few times. Like they wanted to do this, the sparkle exit twice. We didn't have enough sparklers to do it twice. <laughs> but if they would have, if we would have, they would have, they, we would have done it again. So, you know, I mean, like there's things here and there that for film purposes, maybe we did, you know, it, it, some of it was reality. Um, but you know, I don't know what is happening behind the scenes with the cast, right? I just know from my own perspective, yes, it was reality. Um, and and 99% of it was was very real. Um, but that was this show. I don't know what other shows are like, you know? So right. I think understand and go into that, understanding what you want out of it, right? Like, do you want fame? Do you want business? Do you know, what do you want? Is it about you personally? Is it about your business? You know, there's so many ways that that can go. And for me, it was about the business. It was about shedding positive light on planners. And it was about, personally, it was about, you know, a, a challenge. Yeah. Especially you know? in two weeks. <laughs> well, yes, that was a serious challenge. Um, <laughs> yes, that was a very serious challenge. And, and you know, will, would that have been done at, like in any other phase? Probably not. I mean, everyone knew that you know, this was a Bravo show. Everyone knew that we were going to be filmed. And so people did things and made things happen that maybe they wouldn't necessarily do to the extent that they did. Um, but right. You know, the, the having, having those cameras in your face Mm -hmm. and working around production, 
I mean, that's, it's intense, Mm -hmm. you know, like the lighting, they're always changing the lighting and you have, I mean, what would have been a 12 hour day was like an 18 hour day, Mm -hmm. you know, because every time we moved, they had to redo the lighting. And if the, you know, if the sunset, we had to redo the lighting and, and, you know, I mean, so there's a lot that you're like, okay, you can plan so much. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of got to take what it gives you. Yeah. So you know, being able to, to be good in the moment is, is what that was. And so it was really great. It was really fun. It was a wonderful experience. I would do it again with, I would do it again. I would do it again. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I would well, do it again. <laughs> and Sometimes it's just I'm like, like oh, no, I wouldn't do it again, but I would do it again. It's like, you got to remain flexible. Like that's the only way. And I mean, I've worked with some production companies where they purposefully do shit to like mm-hmm. see how you're going to react to it and how are you going to fix this? And yeah, I mean, at least you were very self-aware of not playing into any of that stuff. Right. And so it sounds like you've had a really great experience, which is amazing because not everyone that I talk to, um, they're like, my client was awesome and this was awesome, but this was not so awesome. I know. I know. So and I really good. did have a great experience. I, I do feel very fortunate. I really That's awesome. Do. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time yes. today. And thank you. It was wonderful. Me. I appreciate it. Yay. Where can people, is the best way for them to connect to you is just amandapriceevents.com. And then what's your favorite social handle? Where's the best place for people to find you? Absolutely. So yeah, you can send me an email at hello at amandapriceevents.com. Instagram is probably the best social network, which Mm -hmm. is at amandapriceevents. And then yeah, our website, www.amandapriceevents.com. You can find, you know, lots of great testimonials and our portfolio and things like that. And you can connect to us that way as well. Awesome. Well, guys, make sure that you go and check out some of Amanda's beautiful work. I've been looking at your Instagram and your website and everything is beautiful. Thank you. Sure to connect with Amanda Price Events. And I hope everybody has a great day and be sure to tune in next week on Business Unveiled. Have a great day. Bye. Now that you have all the tools you need to conquer the world in GSD, Just share this with your friends and your fellow GSD leaders and be sure you're a subscriber so you never miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled and you can ask Siri to listen to the latest episode, but you got to be a subscriber. Before I go, I have a huge favor to ask and it would mean the world to me. While you're listening, snap a quick screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, tag me at gsdleader underscore and share with me your top takeaway from this episode and how it relates to you. Until next time, remember, stay productive and profitable. Are y'all ready for a giveaway? I love giveaways. Now listen closely. To enter this contest, you've got to be sure that you listen to every episode of Business Unveiled because once a month, we will be posting a question to our Instagram story about one of the episodes, but it's gonna be up to you to submit the answer. So share the question to your story and tag 
two friends that you want to invite to GSD. Then we're going to choose a GSD leader at random who answered the question correctly and send you your very own I am a GSD leader t-shirt so you can wear it proud and show the world. So don't miss out. Be sure that you are a follower on our Instagram at GSD leader underscore. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.